0: This is the intelligent and lazy investor where we help you start investing intelligently and lazily. The last episodes were me running you through the five things the smart money is doing that the dumb money is not. And now we bring you a little bonus content that we're calling the intelligent and skeptical perspective investor where I pull the producer of this series and the founder of Ironbound Media onto the stage iron Mike Stedman. So how are you doing Mike and what did you th- what were the general reactions that you were feeling both emotionally and psychologically as you were listening to what I was saying?
1: What's going on, Cole? Well, first of all, I want to say it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for allowing me to jump on this bonus episode for you. But uh no, you know, I'm a I'm a bit of a contrarian, right? And so hearing the stuff you're saying made a lot of sense to me. You know, as an entrepreneur, I understand that you can't become wealthy without taking risk. You know, a lot of times in life, we, we love to sell this dream that, you know, everyone can have the mansion and have the fund, uh, have the mansion and the finances and all this kind of stuff without taking risk. And it just doesn't work like that. And I've had this long held belief that, you know, we give our money to money managers, right, to look after the money for us and we pay them fees to manage it and protect us and all this kind of stuff. But that's not also how you're going to get wealthy in the long run either. You know, most people get wealthy through literally investing in businesses, selling businesses, making, you know, boss moves, you know, investing in companies, you know, and I think a lot of what I'm hearing you kind of talk about is essentially what a lot of like the brokers do. You know, they look at stocks, they see, they make their bets, you know, and then they advise you and you just pay them for it. Yeah,
0: more more or less. I mean, yeah, so the contrarian point is an important one. I think that, it's one of those things where you need, I mean, amongst so many other things that I could say about contrarianism, because it's at the root of everything that I do that's effective as both an entrepreneur and as an investor. One of the things is by the nature of contrarianism, if you tell your friends and family what you're doing and they don't look at you, like you've lost your mind, it's probably not a great investment. And because that's a hard place to be willing to go, both psychologically, emotionally, et cetera, you have so many people that pretend like it's a virtue, like he marches to the beat of his own drummer, like it's a good thing while doing exactly what everybody else is doing, including money managers and everything because it's very, very tough for them, given the culture of what they do and the and the risk aversion that's at the heart of having so much of other people's money to multiply and not wanting to lose this cush job, they end up doing exactly the same thing at exactly the same time in a ridiculously predictable way. And so the question is, how can we always do the exact opposite of Joey public at all times? And yeah, naturally I, as somebody who's a, who's an entrepreneur, I'm, I, it makes sense why that would resonate for sure.
1: Yeah. I just think so much about life, right. Is going, you know, really achieving your own level of greatness, whatever that is, oftentimes that means going against the crowd, you know? And so when you think of finances, like everybody moves by the same beat, you know, because it's so sensitive, right? It's like, you know, we're going to diversify. It sounds good, but we're not telling people, hey, you know what, maybe you should start your own company. Maybe you should invest in here and make these, you know, do these deals. We all have the ability to do them, but we trust these institutions to do them, the banks, right? Uh, The money managers, And we all have the ability to do that stuff ourselves. And so I think, you know, I was a little bit skeptical. I won't say I was skeptical, but I didn't know much about um, this kind of investing, you know, prior to kind of talking to you. But after listening to your podcast and coming on here and doing the planning for the show, you know, it just brought a lot of clarity into um, why I think uh, what you're doing at Fine Fat Fish is effective and has the ability to impact a lot of people because diversifying sounds great and it's safe right so but if you're really trying to escape the rat race you can't play it safe you know you have to you know sometimes you got to walk on the wild side a little bit but you can also do it you can de-risk it a little bit too by you know just you know i don't know what do you say just kind of being smart about it you know reading paying attention paying going through courses learning being committed
0: yeah i also think that a key thing to do is just sharpening critical thinking at every given opportunity. And so taking the idea of contrarianism with the idea of safety and risk is one thing that's worth questioning. It's basically just question all assumptions at all times and make damn sure that you're not sitting on it on a, cause expensive assumptions, excuse me, bad assumptions are the most expensive thing that anybody listening to this has in their life. A bad assumption can cost you dozens of millions of dollars. It'll keep you on the sidelines. It'll have you do something dumb, etc. And so one thing to ask yourself that's useful is what actually is safety and what actually is risk in the context of investing? And so one example would be, is there something that, is, that seems risky but isn't actually risky if you look under the surface and you look under the hood? What is the difference between perceived risk and real risk and finding moments that seem incredibly dangerous to people who haven't looked under the hood and taking action based on sort of that misperception of the general public is the main way that contrarians become wealthy, and the main reason why investment and business opportunities are actually pretty easy to, and straightforward to find if you're willing to go to that place. Which is a big if for most people.
1: How d- how deep do you have to go to look under the hood? Are we talking about in terms of who's running these companies, their track record of success previously? Um, you look at like the board who's who's organized on the board. You know what other what other industries are they invested in? That kind of stuff?
0: Well, I think, I mean, one way to do it, and it's, it's kind of a sprawling idea. So there's got to be a lot of different applications. But it's as simple as high-level critical thinking, zoom out critical thinking. And so the idea that diversifying is safe can definitely poke holes in it. But an, an even more basic idea is that investing is gambling, right? And so to compare investing with gambling, where what we're saying is gambling is perceived to be risky and it is risky. And what I'm saying is investing executed the right way is nowhere near as risky as gambling. And so one thing that I definitely didn't bring up uh, during the, the body of what we were doing is that my introduction to the space of risk and reward was that my dad got me gambling on NFL games when I was six. And so I was gambling my lunch money on NFL games against him when I was a little kid. And that obviously felt like tremendous stakes when you're a child. And so I got used to the idea that you could put money, say, on the Giants or the Jets and have total belief that they were going to destroy the 49ers or the Packers or whoever. But you could lose all of your money, 100% of your money, just because of like a kick or it's so like if the, if the kicker didn't get a full night of sleep or like didn't do his visualizations that morning, you could lose a hundred percent of your money. And if you're using a bookie, an extra 10% of the bookie. And so that is what gambling is. It really is that it's so hard to be a professional gambler because it's almost arbitrary. What could cause you to lose hundred percent. Whereas if you compare that against investing, if you invest in a business that won't go out of business it is mathematically impossible for the stock to drop to zero. And so for example, this is just one example. Google is profitable, global, and they have $115 billion, last I checked, more cash than debt. And so the idea, and just on a common sense level, right? Like, is Google going to be here in five years? Is Google going to be here in 10 years? And if the answer to to that is an obvious yes. I'm not saying that Google is a great investment because there are other things to consider, but the idea that Google is risky, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And so right. why, why is that? And so when, and what I'm saying there is one of like, the best companies in the S&P 500 contain exactly the same amount of risk, long-term risk, the odds of dropping to zero as the entire economy as a whole which would require diversification. And so that's the question. Is it actually risky to be investing in individual stocks attached to companies that aren't going to go bankrupt? And in my opinion, the answer is an obvious no. And that, that is a level of contrarianism that takes you beyond 99% of investors that are out there right now. And so that's just one example, but that's, that's an, it's an important one. And so what just at every given opportunity, what seems risky and what actually is? And am I somehow experiencing an expensive misread on reality that's costing me from getting the things that I say that I really want in life?
1: Understood. That makes a lot of sense. You know, even just looking at certain industries, you know, that aren't going away as crazy as the pandemic has been, right? There's a wine store in my building. It's doing pretty good. You know, because <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. When, you know, people are recession hits, you know, alcohol sales tend to go up. You know, that's one of the things. So you start looking, you know, again, underneath the hood and say, hey, what is the likelihood of like whole foods going away? You know, especially now or delivery, you know, mobile delivery of groceries, that kind of stuff. I get you, man. That's pretty smart. Yeah. So let mean, me ask you. That. Well,
0: that's a I uh, just tack onto that real quick and then let's do that one. So that, I mean, that's such a good point, and It's an important one. Another one that people live in constant terror of and I, I work with people of this Archetype right now, and I talk to a lot of people like this, they live in absolute mortal terror of the fear of the next crash. The economy's been going up for so long. What if it comes crashing down? Well, you know, to what extent is the risk mitigated if you're investing in companies that aren't going to go bankrupt? And also, to your point, to what level is the risk mitigated if you invest in the kind of companies that kicked ass during the depression? Coca Cola, beer apparently the company that did the best was a company that sold paper that people were rolling into cigarettes if you believe the literature but it makes sense people are probably smoking more because they don't have anything else to do and they're stressed out of their minds who profited and so there is a direct line between what happens to on the world stage in which companies benefit and then which investors benefit and that is basically only accessed by an incredibly small number of deep-pocketed people who are not about educating the broader public, which is what has created the, not just the net worth gap, but also like the sea swarm of myths that are swirling around that are keeping people who really should be doing this on the sidelines.
1: Yeah, no, um we're cr- crowded in secrecy and make it elite. And then that way people have to pay you to try to understand it. But when you look at basic economics, like you said, you can look at what industries have been around, you know, that haven't, you know, businesses and industries whatever that aren't going anywhere so yeah. let me ask you this I'm sure a lot of listeners could benefit from this can you tell us a success story about someone who has kind of come in to find fat fish was a little bit skeptical didn't really know much about it and uh, how they were able to you know basically escape the rat race or you know start to build some wealth long term
0: yeah I, I um I bird's eyed I think one per episode in terms of, you know, client work that I've done and results that they've gotten during the body of it. For me to, to date, I mean, the most successful sort of individual story, but then also archetype of client to this point is somebody that I worked with in, um, in Australia. I actually met him because I've been out of the country for years, uh, four years, actually now getting global proof of concept. I found myself in Cairns, Australia, and I was working out at this, gym and somebody asked me what I did and I told them and this like big ass dude he's actually a British guy who works in a mine in Australia turned to me at this gym and was like I'm your man I'm keen as fuck I was like whoa and so I we we were sort of getting clued into what where he was and what he wanted out of this and where he was stuck. And ultimately he was working unsustainable shift work. There was a reason why the work that he was doing was lucrative but unfulfilling and also kind of soul crushing and physically crushing. And so where, where he was, was at the time, I believe he was 28, but he came in kind of with the ferocity that you might expect to find out of somebody who's 58, where it's like, I want to retire in seven years. What I'm doing is not sustainable. I'm watching people who are double my age and they just squandered this. And I just, I can't be, shaped like a lowercase J and in a mind doing this work. Like I can't, that's not good. And so he had tried to solve it himself and just basically buying blue chip picks from older guys at work. And what happened was he was unable to stop checking his phone because he was addicted to watching the stock prices bounce up and down, which if that's happening to anybody listening to this, it's just simply a symptom that you don't have confidence in what you're doing in the long term. And so ultimately- he was so unhappy that other people were investing his money. He had to hand it over because he was like, he was stuck and he couldn't stop checking his phone. So he handed it off to somebody else, hated it. I'm your man, I'm keen as fuck. And so he stepped in with absolute determination to dial this in. He embraced every principle that I've just described during the previous couple of episodes. And basically his infrastructure was, I have approximately 80K, that I wanna phase in as I get confidence. And, I, and even more importantly than that, especially given his age, I can add an additional roughly like 3K US per month. And with that infrastructure in possession of the right, I guess we can call it human capital sort of confidence in terms of how to do his own stock picking and investing. He took that 80K he didn't know how to invest and turned it into more than a million that he does know how to invest in less than three years and consequently now he's just barely on the other side of 30. He has the option to retire and he's dialing it in so that he knows that there, he would never have to come back. And obviously I'm giving him a bit of psychological and tactical support along those lines, just to make sure that this is, you know, when he rips the bandaid, it's done. But that was a guy who literally couldn't invest his own money, had to hand it to somebody else, but then in possession of the principles that I was sharing before, And like a decision that he was done suffering like this transformed his life really quickly. And more importantly, it wasn't just a one-off that guy, like as I've been traveling and I've met people in the U S that fit this description, but for me, I've met more in, um, places like Australia and New Zealand. I'm currently in New Zealand. People who are like, for example, stuck in the, working in the guts of a cruise ship, six months out of the year and they're, cause it's lucrative and they can, you know, pay for their family and maybe get a rental real estate property, et cetera. But like they're in this horrible treadmill where it's like, I'm making enough to get by, but I have to leave my family for months at a time. And, and I don't really see any end in sight. And this shit is going to get much more draining and dangerous. The older I get those kinds of people they, who all, who, by the way, and no disrespect to anybody, but like they would get laughed out of the room If they walked in and if they told anybody in like the more like highbrow secret of like you were saying cultures that they were going to run their own money, they'd get laughed out of the room. They don't have the kind of training, the kind of academic background. It's irrelevant. And that's why I'm so proud of them, is because they were scared as hell, but determined and they proved that that crap is irrelevant. What's relevant is having enough determination and commitment, coachability, resourcefulness that you will step in, you will attack the lifetime value of this, you will take bold action despite incomplete information, you will embrace coaching until you don't need coaching, and ultimately you'll use these skills to write your own ticket.
1: That's awesome, man. No, it's great to hear. And uh, again, it's an honor being able to do this show with you, this series with you. I think uh, your listeners are going to get a lot of value out of it. I'm going to look forward to going through and listening again myself. But uh, thanks for pulling me behind the curtain and allowing me to come on here and uh, ask you some questions.
0: Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for for producing this. It's been fun at every step of the way.
1: Absolutely. And we hope you guys enjoy this series. Uh, Be sure to check out Cole and all the amazing stuff he's doing at findfatfish.com. And if you're interested in having a podcast of your own, you can follow us at, uh, you can go to our website, www.ironboundmedia.com. Click the form that says contact us. I don't think it says contact us. Uh, go Platinum. If you're ready to go Platinum, just click the red tab on our website and uh, someone from our team will get to you as soon as possible.
0: I recommend. It's been a great experience. Thanks again, Mike.
1: Awesome. Peace, everyone.